The Pinball Network is online. Launching off the record. you cool pinball cats and kittens i'm dakota mike and you're listening to off the record on tpn off the record is the only podcast where you the listener can become the host joining me this week are four awesome ladies who are doing great things in the hobby and we're going to be having a roundtable discussion about pinball i'm super excited for you guys to hear it so without further ado let's get into it hello ladies and welcome to this very special edition of off the record podcast on tpn I want to thank each of you so much for coming to talk to me today, um, and I'm super excited for the roundtable discussion we're going to get into and for the topics that we're going to discuss. I think I just can't wait to hear what you guys have to say, and I really appreciate you uh, spending some of your time tonight sharing with me and sharing with our audience. Um, but before we get into things any further, uh, could each of you just go around and introduce yourselves and maybe um, briefly describe kind of what your role or roles in the hobby are, whether you you know, you're involved in league organization or pinball media or the industry or just kind of whatever you kind of do in the, in the pinball arena. Um, sure. Well, I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah Line. I am also known as Mrs. Pin in the pinball world. Mm. I have a pinball podcast um, that just kind of happened upon our lives. And really, I have no idea how it how it became a thing. Um, but it did. And, um, my husband and I play some competitive pinball. I play it very badly, but he's actually pretty good. And we just really love pinball. So we're kind of in this, this crazy pinball world. My name is Stephanie Gaida, player 31915 in the IFPA when that's actually working. Um, I mostly just play pinball. I mean, I do have a podcast. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts of the Riptide Pinball Podcast, and I occasionally stream on Twitch at Pinball Princess, uh, but mostly I'm just here to play pinball and have a good time. Cool, I'll go next. Hey, everybody. Emoto here. I work with Marco's Specialties and also run my own video production company, Captain Crazy Productions, at your service. And I create Aiden pinball content. And uh, if you hear some squeaking in the background, that's my dog Mookie. And he wants to go on a walk. So I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> it admits. Uh, and I'm Kate Martin. Um, I am the founder and head TD of the Women's International Pinball Tournament, which is the largest match play pin well was <laughs> hopefully comes back with everything else uh the largest match play women's pinball tournament in the world and i am one of the directors of the new york city Science chapter uh i run a summer uh pinball league in brooklyn that's like teams and i also have a match play a seven rounds of match play tournament twice a month they i do a lot of I like tournaments a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I, that, that's it. I don't have a podcast, though. I'm not as cool as the other ladies. Why don't you have a podcast or like a f stream or something? Come on. I, um, I've thought about getting a streaming rig and doing like how not to play pinball lessons. With Linus. With Linus. Yeah, if you, so my dog won't be speaking, but if it sounds like someone is tap dancing, that's my 
<laughs> yeah, then as for me, my name is Michael Winnie. I go by Dakota Mike on Pinside and the forums and Twitch and places like that. Um, and I'm pretty much just your average pinball fan, pinball player. Uh, I've been active for about a year in the modern hobby. I, I played when I was a kid and stuff growing up. We had pinballs around, but um, it's been about a year. And um, I got to come out and say I'm pretty starstruck by by having you four ladies on here with me tonight. This is pretty awesome. I think each of you is is pretty well known to everyone, I think, in pinball. And each of you is, is doing great things to kind of grow the hobby and better pinball as a whole. And, I, you know, whether you guys are, like you said, doing podcasts or doing, you know, stuff with bells and chimes and league play, I think that each of you is, is doing awesome things. And, you know, Emoto hosting the Twippies, and that's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. And, that happened. And then some of you guys actually filming segments for the Twippies, too. So, I mean, I really appreciate you guys coming on. We wouldn't have had a Keith Elwin award speech if it wasn't for Kate over here. <laughs> yes, I had, I had to kind of squint a little bit. I wasn't sure if it was Kate or Keith. There. <laughs> I, I definitely said more words in those two videos than I think Keith has ever said on the <laughs> It was perfect. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and and now my dog has a Jurassic Park uh, costume that completely <laughs> So it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Um, so a quick bit of background before we start the roundtable. You know, kind of what inspired me to ask you, you all here today was that when the Pinball Network was first announced, um, there was quite a bit of discussion, and we'll say heated debate discussion, you know, to put it nicely, uh, kind of about the lack of women on the network, or at least initially in the initial announcement trailer mm. and the initial lineup of founding members. Um, now, thankfully, within a few days, Crystal Gemnick was announced to have her own show called The Plum, which is, which is awesome. Um, you know, I don't think there was any ill intent from anyone who was starting the network, but it just kind of, you know, there was a lot of discussion about that. And, you know, once Crystal was announced, a lot of that discussion went away. But, you know, when looking at the situation, I kind of thought, well, geez, there must be something here worth talking about, something going on kind of in our country or just in the hobby that is making people kind of react this way. And so maybe we need to talk a little bit more about this, maybe not on Facebook, but maybe, you know, in more of a conversational way. And I, I definitely knew there were things that I, I didn't know about what women go through in pinball and what their experiences are. And so, you know, I actually suggested to a couple of the founders of TPN that maybe they should, you know, try to invite a few of you ladies on to one of their main shows and kind of just talk to you about, you know, some of these issues and, and kind of just listen. And, you know, so far they haven't done that yet, but um, they may be do that in the future, I don't know. But what they do have is the Off the Record podcast, which anyone can submit a podcast to go up on TPN and yeah, um, so about cool. anything they want. And so a couple of weeks ago, I had the light bulb moment of like, well, why am I waiting for someone else to do this? Why don't I just see if I can try to organize something, which is kind of what prompted me to reach out to you guys and see if we could kind of do a little discussion here over Zoom, the new, new medium of the present. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited that you guys are here. And I think we're ready to start if you guys are. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome that that inspired you to create content. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I figured, you know, for my first podcast, why, why not, like, invite four people on from different parts of the country? And, you know, for the very first one, let's, you know, make it easy, you know. I'm just waiting for my kids to start screaming in the background. I keep trying to mute myself as soon as I hear them because one, I wanted the some point or another, their voices will be heard on this on this recording. No, that, that's Yay. real life. You know, that's real life. You know, we, we can't hide the truth. It totally is. All right. So for the first question I want to ask you guys, and whoever, you know, thinks of something first, go ahead and answer. And then I want everyone, you know, to have a chance to talk. But, you know, this first one should be easy. But um, what do you love about pinball? You know, what brought you to pinball and, and what keeps you coming back? 
I love that I keep getting like better at it. Not to say that I'm good, but that I like am very bad. So there's a lot of room for improvement. But um, like I just I feel like every time I'm playing a game that I probably played for like seven years, I just get to a point where I'm like, oh wow, I had no idea that this thing did that because I don't really understand rule sets well. But uh, I think I don't know. I like that it, there's always something new to go for. Um, I like pinball well, because it's fun. <laughs> you know, it's like video games in that you're playing a game, literally, but the physical element puts an element of randomness into it that you can't reproduce with video games. So, you know, with a fighting game, you memorize a bunch of combos, and if you're really good at timing them and executing them, you're unbeatable. With pinball, even Keith loses sometimes. <gasps> how dare you? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how good you are, you will inevitably have a bad day. And the ball will decide that it wants to hop over the flipper and you're done. Like, the unexpected means that no two games will be the same and it's just endless fun. Yes, it's true. And that kind of goes off of why I really love pinball is because of the randomness of that. And then also I didn't start really falling in love with pinball until I realized there was actual rules and storylines involved in the games. Cause I'm a big uh, video gamer and you know, those things are important to me. And then, you yeah. know, I walked up to a whodunit and I was like, Oh, I'm trying to find the murderer. I get this. It's like clue. And I have to, you know, beat certain tasks. I'm not just putting in quarters and watching a ball fly around. So that's why I started it. I mean, once you figure that out, it's just like a rabbit hole. You just go deeper and deeper. Yeah, yeah for sure. Example of that, because it's like one of the only games where there was like a visible story unfolding before you. Yeah. I didn't realize, but yeah, they all have for the most part stories and I mean, definitely tasks, achievable tasks. I just thought, before that, pinball was kind of like ticket redemption without, you know, the yeah. candy and Chinese finger traps at the end. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Um, I, I mean, pinball is, is, you know, like Steph said, it, it is so much fun. It is just a really fun game. But I think that the thing that I love the most about it is that anyone can do it. And I think that for me, as a mom with kids who are like grade six clingers, um, I need stuff to do with them that, that not only I enjoy, but that they enjoy as well. And I think pinball really opens up the door to anyone who wants to try it. Um, you know, I, I'm not good at pinball at all, but man, I have a lot of fun trying to be good. And so do my kids. And so does my husband. And you know, we've dragged my mom and dad to pinball tournaments and suckered them into starting and competing. And we've dragged, you know, Christian's sister into it. And it's just, it's just fun that anyone who wants to try to play can play. And it's, it's just all inclusive of, of anyone. So I think for me, that's my favorite thing about pinball. And then um, for the next question, it's kind of could be connected to the first, but you know, what do you guys' families or significant others think about pinball? Like, I know, Stefan, your dad's super into pinball. And then, of course, Mrs. Pin, Dr. Pin is, is pretty big into pinball, too, I would imagine. <laughs> it, it, he is. He, he started his own little, little podcast, too. And so that's been, like, <laughs> crazy. And 
and a whirlwind. I know, I know. I just did that because, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hysterical. Wrong. The whole, the whole process of how these, <laughs> these, these podcasts have started is like, like it's, it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, he loves playing pinball. We have a bunch of machines in our basement. Our kids are into pinball as much as a seven and nine-year-old can be into pinball. Their attention spans are still fairly short. Um, but you know, it's something we do all together as a family. They, your kids have the best pinball nicknames of like any children in the world. Yeah. Pinderella and the princess. We all love them. Yeah, We don't know them, but we, were... we love them. Are you changing their names? <laughs> no, we're not. But I, I think we may have been, we may have been drinking the, at the night that we came up with those names because <laughs> you know, now, now like seven, it's not cool to be Cinderella when you're seven apparently. So like we, oh, we've had no. some discussions. I know. Is Pinderella Let them one take of their names. I know one of them like Spider Man. I don't remember who. Oh, I know. Yeah. They, you know, it's kind of like a phase. Like they they phase in and out of all of these these fads. And so you know, we could we could we'd be renaming them every five minutes if we changed their names every time something new came up that they were really into. So, well, if you tattoo their names on their arms, and they would have to stay with it, right? <laughs> It's totally true. I think they're stuck with the names. That's kind of what we've told them. There's no changing it. Even if they wanted to try, you just can't do it. You can't reverse this train. Uh, For me, I kind of carry the torch in my family. Uh, I do come from a family of gamers. My dad and my mom both play video games, and so does my brother, my big brother. But it was I who re- I found pinball and embraced it fully. And uh, my parents reminded me that we had an old pinball game growing up when I was like a baby that I don't really remember. But now I'm starting to take my dad and moms to the uh, the shows and arcades when that was a thing. And uh, everyone loves it. But I'm definitely the pinball nerd in the family right now. I'm the only one in my family that plays pinball, but I sent my brother's kids an American Girl mini machine. So hopefully oh. I'm raising three soon-to-be pinball children. Mm, that's Yay. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and then Stephanie, your dad, he was big into pinball when you were growing up, right? And is he still into pinball? or? Oh, yeah. Dad is still into pinball. He has two machines of his own now, finally. Ooh. So we each have two machines. Our powers combined, we have four. <laughs> that's amazing. Awesome. But yeah, my dad is still huge into it. And I know when he got the machines, he was really excited about being able to get all the kids in the family, you know, have everyone over for Christmas and I get to show the kids how to play. And so dad and I were like trying to show the four and five-year-olds how to play pinball and trying to do that while consciously not playing too hard so that you don't accidentally spend five minutes on the game and they lose interest. Playing with children on pinball is very, it's an art. It is for sure. But a a great photo opportunity. Yes. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, that reminds me, uh, I know in our family now we have a new tradition where like at Christmases or like Thanksgiving, big celebrations, we now have like a family pinball tournament now where even my mom and, you know, everybody gets involved and my daughter and seven and (laughs) those are pretty fun. Keith uh, has, like, used to have, like, his uh, brother would bring his kids over and (laughs) making it weird. Uh, And so there's, like, pictures of his nephew uh, at, like, 
two years old, like this little tiny human standing on like a stepladder, like flipping a pinball machine. It's like, whether or not you want children, if you see a very tiny human playing pinball, like at least for a second, you go like, Ooh, I can make a tiny human. Like it is the cutest cutest thing. That's what made you want to have kids and see a little two year old up playing pinball. It's awesome. That and and whenever I'm like, I don't know if I want kids, my mom just goes, but when you're old, they have to take care of you, which is like a menacing <laughs> threat to my future, I guess. But like, <laughs> good retirement plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oof. So, you know, when we're not in quarantine and lockdown, you know, where do you um, normally play pinball? Do you do most of you play on location? Do you play at home? I know some of you, maybe most of you have home collections. I probably, this is Emoto, I probably have the least home collections of everybody. I just have one pinball machine so far. Uh, so I usually play on location. I love playing on location. My stomping grounds was like Ace Gogi in Los Angeles, uh, part of their On Tilt League. They're amazing. We have so much fun there. And then Portal Pinball in Georgia is also one of my awesome hangout spots. And then the shows, I usually during the year. I mean, like right now it's like every other weekend there was a pinball show or tournament or event happening. So I would just play there. Now I play my Nintendo switch and cry myself to sleep every night, but I'm not playing animal crossing. Sorry. Have you, um, Yuki's no Yoku's Island Express. Oh, Yuki, she is not in the video game. <laughs> um, uh, Yoku's Island Express. I think it's supposed to be like pinball s. Yeah, I saw Jack Danger playing it, and it looks pretty cool. I'm just playing some like old school RPGs and stuff right now. I know. I realized that they have every <laughs> Sonic game, and that oh yeah, I like. We had a Sega Genesis growing up because we did not have, like, I don't know, we were a Sega family. I'm sorry, it was weird. Yeah, it's I owned Nintendo in my entire life. Uh, but yeah, Sonic was like my jam. And so I'm really getting into Sonic again. That's awesome. back in time. <laughs> now I want to play Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Sonic's Sonic always Adventure been kind of Battle was my first uh, GameCube game, and it's still one of my <laughs> favorites. <laughs> That's awesome. What was the question again? I didn't yeah, answer right? it. Anyway, <laughs> <like, laughs> we got distracted by something. It's easy to happen, especially with a big group. Um, I was just wondering where, like, where you guys usually play um, pinball at home. Oh, yeah, I answered that. Um, I, so I live in New York City, and here, um, like, 99% of our locations are bars with, like, two or three, maybe more pinball machines. Um, and so, like, I work at a bar that is the end of, like, a little strip of like seven blocks that people call the pinball mile or the like pinball bar crawl or whatever you want to call it like so there's I think eight bars and between them they have like 25 machines and so uh there have been like people have run tournaments like I run a league out of that and stuff and so like most of my uh play is like that like at bars and stuff um and I have four and a half machines at home but like almost never play when I'm home alone, which is weird. Unless you start streaming. I know. That's that's the goal. Streaming on how to not play pinball. (laughs) Exactly what my... Sounds awesome. We need entertainment. More, more. 
How about you guys, Sarah or Steph? Um, uh, well, we have a pretty decent collection here at our house. So we do play probably the most pinball at our actual home. Um, we, we have moments sort of like Kate where, you know, we kind of lose track of the fact that the machines are down there. And then all of a sudden we'll be like, oh my gosh, let's go play some pinball and we'll have like a little family tournament. So we do that a lot just because we kind of live in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania and it is close to a lot of things, but it's also far away from a lot of things. So, you know, Philly is like an hour and a half. New York City is like two and a half hours. Um, There is one bar in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which is about a half hour from us that runs monthly tournaments. So we'll go there sometimes. Um, But honestly, we do most of our playing at, you know, different tournaments and you know festivals tpf we were supposed to go to tpf this year um and we we try to get to pintastic even though it's a hike for us um but my parents live about halfway so we usually drop off the kids and run so (laughs) we do a lot of playing you know sort of sort of like um you know a moto just at these fun events that that happen throughout the year so it's it's kind of tough to find pinball here. Uh, there's a couple of machines at Hershey Park, believe it or not, um, because we live like 10 minutes from Hershey Park, but they're not kept in the best shape. And I've tried to talk to the people about it and like offer up my very, very mediocre services. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, there's a couple there that we do play when we go to the park too, so... Um, so I guess that leaves me. Um, I usually play at Rock Fantasy in Middletown. Oh man, I want to go there so bad. Yeah, recently moved to a newer and bigger location where it's gotten somehow even cooler. Oh god. The back rooms are blacklit. And what? Um, oh yeah, and one of his workers is a really cool artist, and I think she and another couple of employees helped splatter paint the blacklit rooms with blacklit reactive paint in various neon colors. Uh, so it, and it's that's covered so fun. With posters through like every room. It's, it's some, it's possibly even cooler and there's usually more room than there was at the old rock fantasy where you would end up being a bunch of sardines unless you all get stuck in the same room, which somehow happened once. And then it feels like the old rock fantasy. You need but that's where what? <laughs> like bells and chimes. We keep saying that like, we need a, uh, a zones option on match play. Cause we'll end up like everyone will be playing on yes. next to each other. And uh, stuck. For that's, si- a for real. that's a good upgrade. Like, but I I'm, not right coach, I'm not going to be like, geez, why isn't Andreas doing this? It's like, it's probably very hard. And thank you so much for what you've done so far. Like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Right. <laughs> you I make it you sound so easy. But... Make it sound like it would be so easy to do. I mean, it would be easy for him. Come on. Computers, so it sounds really simple. I don't know why he hasn't done it. <laughs> but in addition to that and playing at the uh, locations of local guys who live in the OCPC, that's the Orange County Pinball Club area. Um, I do travel around the Northeast. You know, I go to Allentown. We were just talking about lamenting not going to the farmer's market there this year. Oh, the pretzels. The pretzel sandwiches. The everything. <laughs> and They're fantastic. So 
And um, the other no. location that I semi-frequent when I can, because it's like five hours away, is the Silver Ball Saloon in East Rochester, New York, Bruce's place. Yeah. Oh, that place is awesome. I've never been. I can't wait to go and everything. Oh my God. It's so, so, so good. It's amazing. There's even like the pinballs are up top, you know, kind of on this. So it's like there's a split level staircase. If you go down, there's a billiard table and the bathrooms. If you go up, there's a bunch of pinballs. So it's like you can introvert clump. So when the bar gets hopping and people who aren't used to bars like me get overwhelmed, I can stay up by the pinball and it's Mm. safe. And I'm not, I like that. People. It's awesome. Yeah. It's it's amazing. So you don't have to be amidst because I've seen what a bar looks like on Saturday nights now, and it's terrifying to me. That's why I it's choose to work behind the bar, so I have I can I have like the most space on a Friday night. I don't have to be near anybody. It's just oh, that's hey. true. You at least have that barrier, but like the other side is like the sardine pack and it's like, yeah, yeah Saturday I'm up here with the pinball machines. I don't, I don't leave the house on Saturdays. Too many people. I don't like people. They need to stay away from me unless I'm working. That's my <laughs> That's a mood. <laughs> uh, All right. So she's for- smiling when she's saying that though, everybody. Oh yeah. That they, can't yeah see the, our her. listeners can't, can't see that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> for our next question, I'll make it a quick one. Um, before we get into some of the, the bigger topics, do any of you guys have a particular favorite era of machine? And, and what, what are your, like, what would you say is your current favorite game or games right now? Um, I like, like the standard I feel like is, you know, that like mid nineties is kind of the peak of everything. Like twilight zone, I think is like just a masterpiece machine. Yep. But recently I have become like obsessed with old Sterns. Like I am on, a like wanted dead or alive level hunt for a stargazer and they are so mm. blind but if like, you can find one you will be oh like I, you'll be like are you a god because I, those things are impossible so bad like it it might be the most beautiful <clears throat> game it's so like, pretty it's the best and i want one so like so that i re- like every time i see like a meteor or anything of that era on inside i'm always like well, I don't have a license or a car, but it's only four hours away. Maybe we I can figure. You know enough people in pinball, you can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, you could totally figure it out. I also totally. uh, I measured my bedroom, and I could fit a game in there, but I would not be able to get into my closet. So, eh, who needs closets? Eh, closets. That's a Just minor detail. That's a minor detail. That's what under the bed's for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me, I love all pinball. I mean, I think we all do, right? Uh, but I guess if I am drawn to any games, like if I walk into an arcade or something, uh, I really like early solid state and EM machines. And especially if it's in a league or tournament setting, those would be the games that I go to first because as much as I love learning rules and having code updates and stuff like that i just get I, I can't hang with the big boys and girls and these newer stirred and jjp games man i'm like yeah cool i got 15 million guys Woohoo! and then someone's like 400 billion later yeah. i'm like all right well let's go play uh, 
I don't know, Aztec over here and when you think you maybe good, get my dollar back. <laughs> when you think you had a good game, you're like, ah, oh, wow, I had a successful bunch of multi-balls on this Game of Thrones. And then like Asher Lefkoff walks up to it and puts up yeah. like the hot, like they're just digits don't even fit on the LCD <laughs> screen. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm not as good at this as you are. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate the older games. Plus, you know, if you ever like smell inside of an old electromechanical game it's the most beautiful smell delicious so (laughs) (laughs) Steph you take this one first okay so I think I'm also fitting in where I like earlier solid states and EMs as well because yeah that EM smell second to none and working on them is a matter of figuring out switch logic, which I'm not very good at, but I know people who are, and I enjoy watching them work. Once we start getting into boards, my ability to follow along and do what they're telling me to do gets a little dicey, which is one of the reasons why my poor Black Rose is still out of commission. Um, Might be a transistor. (laughs) I might have to try to place a transistor. Nothing, Nothing can go wrong here. You got this. I mean, I love pinball in general. It's if there's a machine, I'm going to play it. <laughs> but I do find myself drawn to the older ones, especially because I'm less familiar with them now. Yeah. You know, I'm more likely to find an EM I've never seen before. And some of them are wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. You look in the art packages. So mm-hmm. many Easter eggs of like, uh, what were That's they totally PC? not PC. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not PC. That's fun. Nitro Ground Shaker is beyond not safe for work if you look at some of the details. Oh my god, yeah. Classic. How about you, Sarah? Um, so I I feel pretty similarly. I love um I love trying a new game for the first time, you know, walking in and seeing like Jurassic Park for the first time, or you know, we actually bought Willy Wonka and we had not played it once, which boggles my mind, but that's how much I love my husband. So, you know, kind of seeing a machine for the first time and getting to go up and, you know, inspect it and investigate and try to find all of the goodies that are on the play field all over. I do love that feeling. I hate that feeling when it's in a tournament because that happens to me sometimes. Um, in tournaments especially, I, I feel the same way as, as the rest of the ladies. And, um, you know, we have, a, we have a stars in our basement that is so much fun. We have a Liberty Bell, which is, um, you know, it's the only EM that we have, but it is so much. I mean, it's just, there's nothing like that, that chime sound. I I mean, it's like the, it's like, that is why they record those things and use them in movies uh, because it's just, there's something like kind of magical about that noise. I don't know. I really love it. Um, so those are my favorite games to play in tournaments, mostly because I feel like I can handle the rules, uh, you know, hit down the stars. Okay. I can handle that. Um, you know, hit the green things before you hit the red things. That's a rule (laughs) that I can, I can actually comprehend, but you know, I, I think also that it gives, gives some of us who are very bad at pinball a chance, which I love, you know, I mean, I cannot beat somebody on Jurassic Park. Um, I cannot beat my husband on Wonka to save my life. But I do have a chance if we're playing Liberty Bell or if we're playing Stars. So, you know, that, that kind of, I am very competitive. So I do like winning. And it is a hardship sometimes in pinball that I can't, I can't beat my husband just a little bit more often. So 
I do love those older machines. That's good. Interesting. Interesting. And I like what you said about the chimes because you'll see it in a TV show or a movie. They'll have the newest game out there and it'll still be chime sounds I, no matter will, what. It will. It's just magic, yep. isn't it? Someone needs to re-record those chimes too, though, because we're literally using the exact same royalty-free Apple stock audio sound. Yes. And we just need to get out there and record a couple different games and like give people some and it, options. Because so frustrated when it's like the Will Wilhelm scream of like <laughs> arcade like, and you like, but so like you'll be watching something and they're playing like you know a '90s Williams game and it's that noise and you're like that guy doesn't even have chimes. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Um, so my next question is kind of a bigger one. Um, I was wondering if you guys could share some of your experiences in pinball, you know, good experiences, bad experiences you've had. Um, maybe that's from being, you know, a woman or even just being when you guys like were new to pinball and kind of a new player, because being a new player can be intimidating as well. Um, and if you yeah, I was wondering if you had any noteworthy experiences to share. Um, and if you have any of you had any bad experiences, you know, kind of how did you respond to those and, and move forward? I think pinball, one of the reasons, as I said, that I love it is that it is great for people who are new. Um, and I think that new people coming into this hobby, I, I like everybody is so excited to see somebody have that first sense of, oh my God, I want to keep playing this game. Um, that people are so amazing about reaching out and saying, you know, oh, hey, here, let me show you how to do this. Even during tournaments, um, people will, you know, in between turns be saying, hey, try to hit this or try to hit this or, um, you know, I can never hit it. So I think they know that there's zero threat of, of me like <laughs> beating them. Aww. But, you know, I think that that is one of the most amazing things about pinball is that that people in general are just accepted. Um, and, and there are, and I include myself in this comment, but we are some weird folk pinball people sometimes. <laughs> and, um, I think that one of the great things about pinball is that it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like we just really love the game. And as corny as that sounds, I think that people come in and try to help others, which is just like the best, most amazing thing ever. Uh, people who you've never met will offer to help you bring a pinball machine home, Kate Martin. Or, you know, they will, they'll reach out and say, hey, could, you know, I can grab this for you and bring it to Allentown for you and I can throw it in your car from there. Like people you've never met before will do things for you that you're like, what? This is insane. Um, so I think that that about pinball is, is the most amazing thing. Um, as a woman in pinball, I think that I have personally always been treated very fairly. I have never felt like I was ostracized or felt negatively about because I was a woman. Um, I think in all hobbies or sports, especially when you get to the competitive level, you're going to be dealing with people who are jerks. And it doesn't matter whether they're men or women. Some people just take competition a little bit more seriously than I personally do. And sometimes that rubs others the wrong way. But I think that it, um, you know, in general, I think that all of my experiences have been, been pretty positive ones. Um, you know, you encounter the occasional just, I don't know, somewhat miserable person, um, just like in life, uh, who doesn't love 
losing or not playing well. And, you know, you just kind of have to shrug that off like in everything else. Um, But in pinball in general, I think the people in pinball are what make pinball such an amazing community. Cool. Anyone else have any anything to well share? Said, well said. Yeah, definitely. Well said. Well said. Sorry, we got distracted by the dog. What dog? <laughs> what dog? I didn't hear a dog. That big bark was Linus. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he seems bark to have was grown. bigger than Linus. <laughs> it was totally. I'm pretty sure, like, if Mookie barked, Linus would like blow across the room. So. Oh, he loves little dogs. <laughs> I so like I haven't had any like. I've had some, like, particularly terrible experiences in pinball, but I've definitely, like, really the more common thing, I think, just as a woman is, like, like, the mansplaining it. Like, I feel like the like, yeah, Elizabeth... That's Cromwell, totally true. Elizabeth Cromwell came up with a thing, like, years ago on Tilt Forums that was, like, um, would you say this to Bowen? And if you wouldn't say this to Bowen, then don't say it to me. And I think it's a really good rule that not a lot of people thought, like... I've had people try to tell me what to shoot for on a game while I'm playing and they have been incorrect about what I should shoot for as well. And I (laughs) also, did you ask? Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't ask like, I like, and the thing is I am the kind of person like, you know, all of us are friends with people that are incredible, like beyond the pale pinball players. And I'm the kind of person that would say like, hello, like someone who is better than me at this game tell me what to do but otherwise like if I'm just by myself let me figure it out and I've had like I my go-to line I just scream when a dude tries to tell me something is just how many effing pinball machines do you own and it generally shuts them up because I usually have more so (laughs) that's that's my uh that was my self-censoring also uh so if I don't continue to do that I'm trying my best here (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie Yamoto anything I'll go next. So my experiences, I've been fortunate in that it's been overwhelmingly positive. Like Sarah said, the kindness of people is just overwhelming. Like we really, pinball people as a whole seem to come together in like this almost family oriented way where because it's a tight knit community and because a lot of us are quirky in several ways um, to each their own. You know, we all seem to just meld and bond over our interest in pinball and people will kind of go out of their way to help you because of it. And it's overwhelmingly, you know, I've felt welcome wherever I go, more or less. And it's just been overwhelmingly good. And any negative experiences that I have, I just write off as, you know, and there's there's going to be a jerk everywhere, right? Everywhere, yes. Yeah, everywhere's going to have at least one jerk amidst all the good people. So just ignore the bad egg, go on, make yeah. the omelet with the rest. Exactly. Yeah, that was well said, Stephanie. Jeez, you're going to make me get a little choked up there when you were saying that. That's really that's that was well said. That's awesome. For me, I <clears throat> have been a gamer my whole life and in and out of various different gaming communities and the pinball community is like the nicest group of people ever filled with we have a lot of trolls in this community don't get me wrong but not as much as like the fighting game community or good gosh the classic arcade game community they're you know a very lovely bunch i love them but yeah it's it can be 
kind of intense. As because of that, when people come up to me and mansplain or something like that, I just give it right back at them, you know. Uh, I will troll just as hard as the person trying to troll me. So it kind of has this reverse inertia. And then I, I have a good time. I really love the pinball community. What I have found is that it's, even though we're not super diverse yet, we do have diversity. And the fact that when we go into like a pinball show and everyone, no one's talking politics or religion and, you know, Bob Matthews, an older white guy, can play pinball with, you know, maybe some young, tatted-up punk that he would never talk to, ever, maybe avoid in, like, the grocery store. But now they're sharing tips together. There's just something really communal about the pinball community that I, I really like and appreciate. You know, we're, we're all here to just nerd out together. And I think everybody kind of embraces that and leaves their opinions at the door for the most part. You know, granted, when you get online, then you have the keyboard warriors or whatever you call them to stir some stuff up. But uh, personally, I, I've I had a really great experience with everyone in pinball and hope to as well. I've I've run across like a couple of instances where I'd be at a show and kind of um, have to deal with inappropriate behavior. But I don't consider that, oh, because of the pinball community, I consider that, oh, that particular person has had too much alcohol and yes. shouldn't be here. So um, yep. there's that too. <laughs> yeah, I don't I blame pinball for that or, you know, people in pinball in general. I might have that same conversation with that person later on and they're a lot um, more sober and they don't say things that they don't remember, but that's just... That's just life. alcohol talking. Yeah, I think that's life. That's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's true that that um, drinking and pinball in a lot of instances do go hand in hand. Um, <laughs> and I think that, you know, just the fact that you find a lot of pinball machines in bars in general, um, you know, somewhat promotes that. But even when you go to shows and, and things, once the, you know, the competitions are over, people go out and, you know, definitely celebrate or have a few drinks and... You know, I am all for that, but I do think that that's when some of the some of the drama that all of us hear about happens is when people have have maybe indulged a wee bit too much, um, and then you know, I, I know there are some things that have happened to women in in pinball in all areas of life that really suck, and I completely you know we all hear these stories, but I do feel like for the most part. You know, women are treated pretty well in pinball. Um, I don't know that it's completely equal, uh, but I do think that it is, you know, more equal than a lot of other areas of, of life and other hobbies. So I think that if it's not, you know, a perfect situation, what is? And it's at least on the right path. I think that people are trying really hard to, you know, make it known that there are amazing women in this hobby and, um, you know, they are, you know, I, I know I can't swear, but they're, they're kicking A and they're taking names. And, um, you know, it's, it's really amazing that 
they have been able to, even since I started in this hobby, which was only a couple of years ago, I feel like there are so many more ways that women are promoted and that these awesome, amazing, incredible, um, you know, pinball players, it doesn't even matter that women versus men, but you know, they are honored a little bit more, um, through podcasts and through shows and all of the amazing women's tournaments that we have now. So I think that, that the path is being paved, um, at the very least at this point. Awesome. Well, that leads perfectly kind of into my next question, which is kind of, you know, like as the pinball hobby kind of, how are we doing? Do you think, you know, in regards to, you know, women's kind of roles in the hobby and, you know, around a good path and, you know, would you kind of like to see more equal representation of kind of the different genders of, of men and women and, and other genders? And, um, and do you guys kind of see any barriers to kind of having increased diversity or anything like that? I think, I think that it really depends also on, you know, where you're playing because you go to New York city and just diversity in general is a whole different like stratosphere than it is here in central Pennsylvania. So, you know, we are, we are dealing with not a lot of, uh, you know, ethnic and religious and, you know, there's not a ton of, it's not a melting pot. Let's just put it that way. Um, so I think that, you know, it does depend on where you're playing, um, how, how many women's tournaments there are. And if there's a women's league, I mean, there's just not the population where I live to, warrant any kind of bells and chimes chapter because we live kind of in the sticks. So, but you know, you go to, you go to major cities and I think that it's, you know, an incredible thing. I met so many amazing people at Pinburg last year and, um, you know, kind of fell in love with all of the ladies out in Ohio who are in, um, you know, Cincinnati and Columbus and, they're just, they have like this, the most amazing like family of pinball women out there. Um, and I think that that is something that they can do because of their proximity to one another and because of their population where I am, it's just not something that's feasible. And it's not because there's no love for women. It's just, there aren't any women pinball players. I think pinball in general as a community is doing a really good job and, uh, forward and upward stride towards having women equality or at least you know bringing more women to be interested in pinball you know with the bells and chimes and whipped and our awesome podcast like sarah does her uh womp kind of highlights on her podcast the women of mother trucking pinball <laughs> and and then we have Backbox pinball podcast with lauren gray where she just interviews women about um, their their kind of plot, plots and plights plights their stories of pinball. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it's late, y'all. Uh, and you know, so I think it's cool. We have all of that as well. I know not a whole lot of other gaming communities have that such good, great organization for it. You know, the women leaders that we have in pinball do such an amazing job at keeping it organized and keeping it together and I think that's a really awesome aspect of what our community has to offer for everybody yeah I think like you know it is a predominantly like white and male hobby and like but that's like everything else let's be real <laughs> yeah and it's and it's and it's changing and it seems like you know pretty much every like the fastest growing sect of pinball is is women 
right now. And, Mm -hmm. um, but like, like, you know, and this is not my story. This is Juana's story. But when I first met Juana Summers, who is a Baltimore pinball player, she is a person of color. And she told me that she knew who Steve Bowden was, not because of like pinball stuff, but because he was the only other person of color in pinball that she, and she's like, we, we find each other, you know, you got to try to be like, all right, this is the thing. And like, and you know, that like story is cute and anecdotal, but it's also just like, you know, how do you, there's no, there, like, it's got to happen like naturally. You can't get a bunch of like weird white guys at Stern being like, how are we going to appeal to everything we aren't? Because then they make really bad choices. <laughs> so, you know, uh, growth happens from within the community and it's really like nice to see that like most people just want more people to play pinball with. They don't care who you are or where you come from or what you look like. And that's like generally That's the, that's the best thing about pinball. Yeah. Yeah, like I think the fact that we're having these conversations and having them often, that we're not just like saying, hey, we need more women in pinball. And then people say, lol, noobs get good and dismiss you. That's not what's happening. We're having a serious conversation about, okay, how can we make sure that everyone is welcome in here and make it more diverse? And I mean, we do that pretty well on the gender spectrum. I don't know how well we're doing on other spectra such as, you know, race or thinking in terms of how can we make it more inclusive, more openly inclusive from something that's basically a rich white man's hobby. How do we make it more inclusive to different socioeconomic classes, et cetera, et cetera. It could go on forever probably, but. Like the, I think that I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Go. Because I'm getting lost and going into a circle. I'm in the getaway supercharger. Help. (laughs) The, the, the like, um, larger socioeconomic implication is that it's a very expensive hobby and it's a very expensive luxury item. And, you know, you live in an inner city and you are paycheck to paycheck or three paychecks away from, you know, being broke and the average person has $500 in their savings account. Like you're probably not going to buy a $7,000 stern LE, you know, it just seems, or $9,000, however much they are now. Like, uh, so there's like that, which, you know, is like, I, you know, I'm a bartender. Like I, I'm in a very specific situation where I can work more to make more money. And therefore, like, I was like, I'm going to buy a new box pinball machine. So I picked up extra shifts for like six months and not everyone has that ability, you know? Yeah. And so there's that, that like, the, wor- the world is, is uh, classist and terrible and pinball is trying its hardest to fix their little part of it, I think. I think we should, yeah. I'm going to cut you off now and say, <laughs> I think we should all take a moment to celebrate the fact that what really brought in diversity to this community is the locations on locations and arcades that allowed Mm -hmm. people like us to play pinball and actually interact with pinball because I'm not playing a $7,000 machine in my house anytime soon. You know, I would never play pinball if it wasn't for a place like the museum of pinball to be open for people to play John week's 650 plus collection of pinball machines, you know, And there's so many amazing people in this community that just go out and and are sharing their collections, you know, via arcades or at the shows. 
And that's really giving people that didn't really experience pinball before an opportunity. So thank you all. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yes, we love our operators and we hope that you all get through this okay. Like, I mean that sincerely. All the operators in uh, New York City are pretty well off, so I'm not so worried about the ones here. But (laughs) Well, then I suppose like the uh, Women's Advisory Board, the WAB for the IFPA, did that probably help too, you think? Or is that helping having them? Oh, definitely. It is. I feel like they just when they were about to maybe start hitting their stride, like this all happened and that kind of like, Mm. you know, stinks. But like they are, it's good to have, is it five or six women? Karen, Zoe, Anna, Lana, Kim. What is counting? Six women. Uh, It's good to have like six women from different walks of life, different, like, there are queer women, there are women of color, there are straight women, there are like all of the different things. And there are people from major cities and there are people from like kind of not so major cities. And it's like a good mix because then you don't get, like, I feel like a lot of what has happened comes from like the loudest person saying, this is what should happen for a community. And this happens all the time. And, you know, like for me, I want like, the women's whoppers to be just like the regular whoppers. Like I want to have our own SCS. I want to have our own nationals. I want to have our own, like whatever. And they're getting towards that, but a lot of people don't feel that way. And it's good to like, you know, have the back and forth because my opinion isn't the only opinion that matters. And it would be cool. My, if you did another round table with all of those tournament organizers for the women's division and, Mm -hmm. you know, with Kate as well and getting their in opinions and insights and what it takes to run organizations like that and what type of challenges they have to make. That's a very interesting story. And yeah, it is interesting because I, I have no I idea what that takes. That's so, your uh, next episode. So <laughs> if, if I do it too, yeah, for sure. That's what a great idea. If, oh my gosh, come on, man. <laughs> we'll see how this one goes out. Um, Amoto's like a, like a drug pusher, but for <laughs> media content. Everybody make content. Yeah. The more yeah, pinball content we have, the more pinball gets out there. Um, so this is my last kind of big question here. Um, and this is, I don't, this is kind of shocking me, but you know, when do you think we'll see a woman in a, in a lead position uh, from a, like a main manufacturer on a pinball machine? Like a woman's oh, I, name on I a playfield. I thought Kate was raising her hand. I, I was, and then I, I was like, ah, that kid, don't be that kid in the classroom. <laughs> you know, because I mean, there's no, definitely no reason that a woman couldn't be, you know, lead designer, lead coder, lead artist, and kind of, I mean, do you guys know, you probably know way more about pinball than me, but has, there, has a woman's name ever been on a play field, even in any of those positions that um, you know of, and so any time recently? So there is a homebrew right now um, that I believe Crystal told me her name on Saturday, but we uh, drank a lot. So I don't quite remember, but I can probably get it from her. Um, but there is a woman making a homebrew, but I, uh, I'm very close with a lot of people at Stern and like, and by no means a Stern lackey because I probably say things about Stern that I should not. But the, like the way that Keith has always said it was like, if there was a woman designing games, we would probably hire her, but we haven't, there isn't one yet. And so it sounds like there is like, and I think that's, you know, like women that code, there are less women that write software than there are men and like trying to get people 
into that, but like, I don't know. I know that women have been involved in like artwork and stuff and game design. Yeah. There was an engineer for Jersey Jack Pirates and she designed the topper for the game. I think she, I know that she wasn't the first woman engineer of a pinball machine, but she was the first woman of color that had engineered like something for a pinball machine at oh, the time. Really and this was like four years ago, maybe three years ago. I think too, these companies, you know, Stern and JJP, Chicago coin, anyone spooky would, if there was a woman designer that came out of the woodworks, they would hire her in an instant and throw her on a pedestal and promote her and yeah. try to give her yeah. everything she needs to do her job as best as she can. But the way they're hiring designers from what I see is that the person makes a homebrew machine. The homebrew machine does awesome at shows and it turns heads of these industry uh, companies. And then that is a person that gets hired onto a team for a lead position. You know, so they're not, oh, I'm going to hire Emoto and train her to be the next designer sort of yeah. thing. But if I designed a badass homebrew pinball machine that other people liked and that get, showed them that, oh, I can do it. I'm, I can put in the work to do it. I know how, you know, it may not be the best that you can train. There's a lot of, you know, awesome people that could be mentors in that sense. But I think I would be given a shot. That's not, I'm not going to do For that. Sure. So don't anyone get excited <laughs> or angry or whatever. It's not, that's not my position, but I will be there you know, doing like a mini documentary on you when you become yeah. <laughs> the next movie designer. <laughs> Believe that. I will be there for that. But uh, yeah, I think there's a big opportunity for it. And I think these companies are itching for to, to have that. They want the diversity right now. I, I think I truly. I, I think they totally do. And like I the other day was like, I have this digital pen and it's terrible. I was like, maybe I can make a play field myself and I can become a game designer. And I asked Keith, like, what would I need? Whatever. And he was just like named all these things. And I was like, oh, I can't I can't be a game designer. Carry on. I don't know <laughs> any of that. Yeah. Means. Continue it's being hard the best work. Over here. The minute it comes into CAD, we're all lost. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It's like. There's a high barrier, you know, you have to have a lot of knowledge to be a game designer. It's not just throwing some ideas onto a piece of uh, sketch paper and boom, pinball machine. It's like you have to have, especially nowadays, understanding of like drafting and CAD programs and yeah. basic proficiency in various programming and enough proficiency because I'm pretty sure doesn't Stern have proprietary coding? Uh um, I have no idea. It's a strong maybe, but I know, like, because I have friends who noodle around with older machines. Um, a lot of older manufacturers have proprietary coding. It's like Bally was easy. Bally is just assembly, and you screw around with it. But like, if you want, if I wanted to mod something on my Stern C, which perhaps it's, which I definitely wouldn't do because that may or may not be perfectly legal. But you may or may not have to interpret proprietary code and decode it and you have to really know what you're doing with you know you would have to have high proficiency and that comes into the whole classist thing in that you know what we're asking for is you know in a lead artist a lead coder a lead designer or even just like someone in the wings on that is 
those are highly specialized jobs. There are not that many people who can actually pull that off if we take, you know, designators like gender away. So now if we think women who can do that, the number gets smaller. Women who are interested in doing it for pinball, the number gets even smaller. You know, I would love to know to do that, but my coding skills, uh, what coding skills? Learn. Yeah. That's where Google comes in. I'm working on Learn it. I'm working on it. But like my skills are not there yet by any means. And we're rooting for you. So yeah, it's like, think, it's such a hard thing to get to. Yeah. I think also that all of these designers, when you think about them at baseline, not only did they go to school to be, you know, able to code and program and engineer, but they specifically want to do it and have like an internal drive to do it for pinball. This is not something that like, you know, I, I see people going to school for specifically saying, you know, I'm going to go to pinball school and learn how to do all of these things. No, it's usually people who go to school for, you know, the, the, the jobs that are out there that happen to be related to pinball, which is a hobby that they really love. Um, you know, and you look at the amount of women that are in that area, and it's just very few. Um, at one point, I did a ton of research to see which companies actually employ the most women. And I think that the highest, to my knowledge, at the time at least, which this was probably about, I don't know, eight or nine months ago, um, but Jen at Jersey Jack Pinball, I think, from what I found, was one of the highest ranked women in the pinball industry and she plays more of a marketing role than actually programming or coding or designing. Um, so I think that it is just not for lack of desire to, you know, the, on the part of these pinball companies to want women to work for them, because I think that actually it would, you know, they would even potentially hire a woman that had potentially less skills just because she was a woman, like yeah. almost like a reversed, reverse sexism thing. Um, but I just don't know that they, they truly exist out there. Um, you know, and I know that again, a, a lot of women are in that more managerial role at spooky. You've got, you know, um, the Emery's and you've got Kate, um, Katie and, Squirrel. We call her Squirrel. I don't even know what her real name is. Is that terrible? <laughs> Anyways, but, um, you know, and I know that they play like hugely important roles in their company. Um, and proportionally, I think that that is, is huge in terms of Spooky is a very small company when it comes to comparing it with Jersey Jack or Stern. But, you know, there are women out there who are doing really amazing, important things for pinball. Um, but in terms of the coding and the engineering, I just don't know that there are a ton of women who have the drive to want to learn that special, specialized skill set. Out there. Come forth. Yes. Please. Well, Please. I was, was going to say, I know there's a lot of really talented, you know, female artists out there. For, for sure. But at the same time, like you said, they, one of those talented female artists needs to have the passion to start mocking up play fields and mocking up back glasses. And I think that, you know, I'm sure there's hopefully someone out there, you know, eventually who will, will want to do that. Um, and then 
I just think it would be so amazing if we did get like a female artist, like a Christopher Franchi or a zombie Yeti who was just, was drawing awesome wild art and it was on a pinball machine. I think that would just be so cool to just have someone like that. I mean, you know, regardless of gender, but especially if you have a woman like that, I think would be, would be really awesome. I feel like if there was just one woman involved in the artwork at Stern, Wonelli never would have seen the light. Oh, never. <laughs> no. Like, no. But like, which, what women, even, you know, I've talked about this with Christian too. Like what wife or sister or daughter of anyone who worked at Stern would hear about this idea, you know, like someone coming home from the, you know, work and just saying, Hey, we're going to make this new machine. It's going to be called Wonelli telling them the concept and not having the women in their lives be totally repulsed. It was uh, unbelievable to me that that thing even lifted off. Some kind of old fruit jam ad style campaign. Oh god! So it's like awful. if you have that context, I guess it's not as shocking. But when you don't, you're like staring at it and staring at it. And it's I remember so wrong. I saw it at Allentown. My friend and I were staring at it. Like, is this real? Like, like just trying to comprehend. Well, because it seems like a homebrew or something, doesn't it? It, well, it, it was. It, it's it it's was, so um, ballsy. It's so ballsy. That but I, that cabinet I, I almost, for the limited edition one is so cool, man. Oh, the, <laughs> oh, the, the stack of It has crates. a can yeah. holding it up a little to level it. Um, it's well done. It was made by like two guys that sold the design, I think, to Stern. Nice. If I recall correctly. And... They were like, we have an idea for a game and like buy this game off of us and make it for us. And they were like, this is great. And then it came out and everyone was like, this is not great. And they were like, this yeah. is not great. We should make it other things now. Well, because there was some pretty, you know, I think intense engineering to go into some of like the score reel, integrating the score reels with like solid state and stuff. I think there was a lot of work that went into it. But yeah, the hard package is something it's, else you know, like there's a there's a primus on location here and or it actually might not be on location anymore, which is the same game just reskit <clears throat> and like it's you know it's not a very deep game but like it's fun they have yeah it's fine they have the pbr can crusher version at logan arcade and they swapped out the mini uh, yeah the flippers and they put the um the powerball from a twilight zone in it instead it's like wild it's the but, longest game ever no. it's but it's fun and like it's not the worst it's just that like like art really can hit or miss because like for me like i don't care at all about fishing like i am the most city girl that there is but i own a fishtails because it's fun like if wonelli just wasn't bad if it was just not gross I think it's socially acceptable for some of the older games, you know, that like the Playboy games that they were a little bit racy in the art because, and it's somewhat accepted because of the era that the games came out. Um, But if these, if those games had come out, you know, some of them are very racy, Um, like very racy. And, you know, if they were to come out today, they would not be acceptable. They wouldn't be okay. So I think that somewhere there was just like a, a m- like missing link in the chain of communication that like making a pinball machine with this art is, is not going to go over super well. 
Yeah, like that would have been fine as a theme in like 1966. Exactly. But in 2016, it's like, well, what? No, that's really, really not okay. You know, there are some pretty like racially insensitive games that came out back in. Just a few. Yeah, and like, you know, and that's not like, and there are tons of, like, I mean, I have a Paragon. Like, it's basically the Slave Leia bikini. Like, oh, it's just, it's hysterical. And yeah, and like a Viking who also on the back class might be a little person, but on the game is not. And it's just weird. I don't understand what's happening on it. And like, but like, you could just, like, there were, like, TNA is a really good example because she's a clothed woman, but she's still like a sexy lady, but she's not like a sexualized lady. Like, yeah. And like, it's just, it's weird. Like, at no, if they had just one woman, if they just walked up to one woman and said, Do you think this is. What do you think about this? She would have been like, no, don't don't do that at all. That's a terrible idea. Like, and a woman that they didn't know. No, well, even a woman they know. I'm sorry. There's no woman on the face of this planet that is going to look at that backlash and say, "Oh yeah, make make a thousand of those." That's a really smart idea. Supposedly, like, there's, there's no way. I don't. One care of the if designers ran it by their wife and daughter, kind of and their funny. wife and daughter were fine with it because they understood the context that he was doing it in. I guess once you decontextualize I it, it's. I mean, it's, you know what? Even Hitler got married. Like you know. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> yeah. You know, pe- 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 people can find a partner and with with similar tastes. I don't know. This is not to relate the artwork of Bonelli to the Holocaust. Just saying, you know, there's someone for everyone, and like, I mean, yeah, I've seen true. guys who have done really dumb things and asked me if I thought it was a good idea, and I just go like, sure. <laughs> So I was thinking, and I had actually talked to Zoe from the WAB before I, I did this um, roundtable. Um, and one thing that came up, which is that you know, which kind of inspired a question, which is that you know, if you're if you're running a barcade or an event or a tournament, you know, what are the kind of things that would want make you want to go and then stay if you're a woman, and what would kind of make you maybe show up and you maybe you'd want to leave? Like I know, like if Wonelli was front and center in the bar, maybe you might might push you away like is there any what kind of things could people do if they want more women to come to their events or their locations or whatever i don't think owning the game is necessarily like a huge faux pas i like if yeah. it's if it's a fun game i don't i don't care about that stuff i don't get you know my panties in a twist over over stupid things like um which games are at which bars like i don't i don't judge that um so that one it turned me away just seeing wonelli in there i would I question more the back process of making the game in general. Um, but I think that, you know, if you walk into a place and people are welcoming, which pinball people usually are, um, you're going to want to stay and you're going to want to play. If people get too competitive for me, that's a huge turnoff. If it is somebody who cannot just, I, I understand. I love winning. Do, just to ask my husband. I really love to win, and I'm super competitive. But I also know that, you know, going in, this is just a game, and nobody, nobody is making a living off of pinball, pinball winnings. Um, you know, everybody has a job outside of this hobby, and if it happens to be for one of the companies that makes pinball machines, that's wonderful. But nobody is, you know playing professional pinball and making a a living off of it. So I think that some people just need to, you know, take, take a step back and, and realize and remind themselves that it is just a game. And if people are way too 
way too competitive and way too crazy intense about it, then for me, I'm like, okay, I'll I'll see you later. Um, You know, that's kind of, for me, one of the things that would make me turn around and walk out. I always tell people, like, as someone who shared a home with the person who's won the most you can win in pinball, it's not much. It's really not much. No. Relax a little bit. (laughs) You can't live off of it. You know, we have a lot of league stuff here. Like, we have a huge team league that has, like, 36 teams, and there's, like, almost 300 players in it. And it's just, and the biggest, like, we have two teams that are made up of all women that, like, one of them started just from Bells and Chimes, people that were showing up to Bells and Chimes and were unsure, like, if they wanted to join a team because they weren't good enough, so they all started a team together. And, like, it's super cool. And, like, I think that's a huge way to entice women into the hobby but I think to get people to go to events it's like the location like smaller events in in bars or like clubs and stuff like location matters and like a feeling of community I think helps so sure I I feel comfortable going to this place by myself with like safety concerns and just I'm not gonna be you know harassed or bullied or any of that I think that like is a factor that most places really, you know, try to be welcoming. And I think that that helps. I think so. For you know. sure. Be, be, be kind to each other. I think is the general, how to get more yeah. people to do their thing. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, and I, I know I asked my wife about this. We, we kind of talked, we went to this really cool pinball bar in Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul called tilt. And I was asking her, what, what's the kind of thing that, you know, what'd you think of it? And she said, well, there was this one guy who was playing who we kind of all noticed every time he was playing Attack from Mars. And every time something went wrong, he was just slamming the machine with his fist oh, no. and yeah. being kind of aggressive <laughs> with the machine. And then, like, I think there was another guy later on who was kind of just kind of staring a bit, you know, and like, so her, her thing was just saying, that, you know, like, aggressive guys or maybe a guy being, you know, just making someone feel uncomfortable would make her want to leave a bar versus, you know, for sure. something else. For sure, for sure. But I think I that's, like in that's general a general thing. Mm. Yes, for sure. Yeah, like when, you know, and like my friends, we all drink and play pinball until four in the morning and like we curse a ton and whatever. And like, it's mostly jovial. Like I, apparently the thing that I scream the most is balls, which is like fitting. But like, there's just like when you, like Josh Sharp is a great example. Josh Sharp is super loud and will like, very actively yell at a pinball machine, but (laughs) nothing about it is aggressive or menacing. It's just kind of funny. And then there are other people who I won't name because I'm not going to say a nice thing that will curse or like borderline like Tourette's. Yes. Swear and kick and their minds. And yes. like rage tilting and the, all of that. And it's just like. Aww. That's just passion, Kate. <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's just pinball passion right there. <laughs> that's pinball. It's a work in progress too. Yeah. It makes me, it makes me not want to be super passionate about pinball sometimes. Oh, if, no. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, especially if it's not a machine that you personally own. True that. You cannot be treating your pinball machines like that. Like I love to swear. It has nothing to do with swearing. It has everything to do with like that feeling of what is going on over there and why is it happening? Cause it's totally not okay. And you know, I don't think it has to be a pinball for you to feel uncomfortable in certain situations like that. Like 
it's, but when it comes to pinball, if people are, you know, and Josh Sharp is like his, his demeanor is he gets mad and he get but you can tell he's mad at himself. Like he doesn't get angry and yeah, exactly. It's, it's, he gets angry at himself, but then he turns around and you give him a second. He's totally fine. And he's back to his normal, usual, awesome self. So it's, you know, it's that kind of thing where you kind of have to read the situation. Um, Any, you know, and anyone who witnessed the like magical moment of Josh screaming, not like this when all <laughs> went into the beat there on Paragon, like that, like nothing about that was like, a threat, like no, nothing no. Else that was like put put fear into anybody. Like I remember sitting like in front of the Pinburg stage and like being doubled over with laughter because of like one of the best pinball players in the world. Uh, like just the, I don't know. It was just hilarious. Just this guy just being like, no, not like this. Like we've all felt that we just didn't yell it. Like, please, please. This can't be how this game ends. Like, it was, yeah, like, it's, that to me, like, is fine, and, and I just... That's normal. Yeah, exactly. We've all, we've all had the struggle of, like, defeat from pinball. That's the one thing we all have in common, is that all of our games have ended at some point. We've all been sad yeah. about it. Well. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, and one, one tip I've heard for kind of anyone running any business, was, which is that and I think, I think it applies to men and women, but especially if you want women to stay there is have a clean, nice bathroom. If the bathroom is nasty, people aren't going to want to stay. Yeah, yeah seriously. Don't bonus. be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if COVID hasn't taught us anything, the one thing that we should be walking away from is that germs are gross and we should prevent the spread of them. You know what I'm saying? It's just... I was going to say, have a clean bathroom. Runs a very divey, but very successful bar. People will tolerate a lot from bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you're drinking, then then you just don't really care. Yeah, who, you know, all the rules go out the window when alcohol's in the Well, bar. if you're drinking, a bush is fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, at least we're keeping it classy. Um <laughs> That's the last of kind of my formal questions. I did want to open it up to you guys. Is there kind of anything else on your minds, anything we should talk about or anything you guys would like to share or anything you want the listeners to know or me to know or just anything? I just want to say thank you for doing this. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you know, for being one of the good guys, you know. Can I, can I instigate for a second? <laughs> I want to poke the bear. All right. So I'm looking at the Woe Nelly back glass. And can't you think in a way that you see this empowered business owner woman selling her melons and they're so good because she grew them and is an awesome gardener. Maybe she charges five bucks a melon. Who knows? Man, they're juicy. All these men, there's eight, seven dudes and a dog all wanting to purchase her products. And she's just standing there like, yeah, I'm a boss. Is that not what y'all see? <laughs> no, I, do you listen, see in, I like that interpretation. Did I leave now? But I'm just no, but I like I like the interpretation of um, the She's hustle. A boss. 
Yeah, it's, for sure. No, it's, it's the um, you you're just Will Smith in the scene in Men in Black where he like kills all the human targets but leaves all the aliens left, and he's like, no, he's just working out. You know, he's trying to yes. stay safe. <laughs> he can't have a gym at home. Like that's what you just did right there. It was. <laughs> It was very good. It was a great analogy. I'm yeah. Just just- I think the only thing that's like weird is when you start looking at the speech bubbles on the play field. Because mm. that's where you get, look at them honkers. <laughs> oh, unquote. boy. And, yeah, whoa, yeah. I need but a bigger lens. are they talking lens. about ducks? Oh. And oh, yeah. y'all gotta thump them and hands off the Ooh. twins. And it's like, oh, there oh. are questions. And I don't know if I want answers. <laughs> I'm I'm not like I'm not offended by this machine whatsoever. Like she has an I all woman company. She has a old man with a gun that she hired to protect them from crazy people. Security, yeah. I do like the cow that says it's complete uh-huh, and uh-huh. utter you do U D D E R nonsense. <laughs> Completed. I do um I do respect the pun. I I do as well. I have no problem with the big juicy melons themselves. Like, power to you. Like, I think it's fantastic. Watermelons, delicious. Go get yourself some watermelons. But (laughs) at the same time, I just don't think it was a wise business move. Yeah, Um, no. You know, there have been a lot of, like, there's been so much drama in pinball where, you know, women are concerned in terms of, like, people reading into things the wrong way. Um, you know, like different art comes out for different shows and people are offended by it. And I don't really get offended by that stuff. Like I, I think like, man, rock what you got is kind of my motto. You know, if you've got it and you feel like you can rock, you go girl. I was, I was much more, I was much more offended by the monkey hand up the skirt. Yeah. Well, that, 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 oh that, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. That I'm was not bad. Offended? I don't think offended is the right word. It's more just like, really, like it's just because, like, I was. I remember when they were they brought like the Lucy ACDCs like out of the vault. Oh yeah. And a lot of people lost their minds, and I remember being like, I don't. One, it is like a fictional woman that was in, it, like she comes from ACDC. It wasn't like Stern was like. Let's just draw a babe. They were like, this is a woman that has been in, around in ACDC's, like, <coughs> stuff. Um, and, yeah. you know, if you've ever worked with any company that has to deal with licensing, you know that there are things that if you say, we're going to make this game, they go, you have to incorporate this or you can't incorporate that X, Y, and Z. So they probably were like, oh, here, we have this character if you want a character for your game. But also, like, I remember being, like, a weird little, like, punk goth kid and the thought of like a chick in like a like sports bra and booty shorts and like combat boots, man, like that's all I wanted to be was like. <laughs> that was a role model for yeah, you. Like, Hello. No, to that. I just I just wanted to have the body confidence of a chick at a rock and roll show in the eighties. Like is you know that's and so like things like that like they don't it just like Wonelli's gross like you know there's just like an inherent grossness to it and like you know there is just a there's a lot of artwork that's dated but yeah you know I think that's the point it comes from a long time ago before women were like hey ah hmm, we get it I don't think I don't think any of us really are the the women who get like and and please correct me if I'm wrong but I don't feel like any of us are women who get like really 
crazy, insane about like feminist. And don't get me wrong, I'm a feminist, so maybe this is coming out the wrong way, but I, I just don't, I, I don't get the drama sometimes. And I, I feel like all four of us are not people who love drama or do drama. And so, so yeah, like some of it, I just think- Kate's raising her hand, everybody. I know, I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, I, think, I think that some of it is just drama and it's, you know, people trying to, like on one hand, I am all about, you know, fighting for what's right and doing your, you know, doing what you have to do as a woman, of course, 100%. I have two daughters. I want them to be able to be whatever they want to be in life. And I completely support that. But I think to some extent, it's just, it's just, there's some drama about certain things. And I think that sometimes things are not worth it to me, at least. Yeah, it um, seems because we're going through a gray area here, sometimes yes. a more measured reaction like, would take you further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and it goes both ways because I feel like, you know, the, the, when the, the Pinball Network came out with their, like, I don't know, trailer, I guess that was, their announcement. Yeah. Um, what happened was just, like, a handful of people were like, hmm, Sucks that this is just a bunch of white dudes. Like, you know, that would be cool if there were non, like if there were women involved in this or like people of color involved in this. And then it turns into like, well, World War Three. Yeah. Like, and it just, it goes back and forth. Like, like, uh, I can't remember the, the, the rule, but there's a guy who came up with a, a theory that like, if you stay in any conversation on the internet long enough, Hitler will come. I think true. we've already passed that <laughs> somehow. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, side note, I look exactly like Anne Frank, and it was a weird thing when I was a kid and we read her no, diary no. in school, and I was the same age. Unrelated. Oh, uh, yeah, I could see that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> uh, Italian also. Uh, don't know what, but, uh, but like, it's just this thing where, like, you know, when people's it's uh if you go on the internet and say i like oranges people will ask you why you hate apples like it's just this thing where it's like if someone says hey could there be more women involved in this someone has to go like oh you don't enjoy your free content well why don't you go make your own content no one even asked you to watch this and it's like whoa (laughs) yeah like there's always trolls there's always trolls always i think that that what happened with the pinball network, I like, I looked at it as like, wow, this is, this is great that they're taking all these, you know, really awesome podcasters and streamers and, you know, really, really great guys from the pinball community and kind of putting them together into something that, you know, nobody gets paid for any of this stuff in pinball. Nobody does. And so it's like, like, I actually think that if Christian and I tallied up how much money we've spent on our podcast, we would be in the negative like a lot. Yeah. In turn, like it's just we don't we don't get paid for this stuff. So you know, I think that maybe taking things and looking at it and thinking, oh, you know, yeah, that's a bummer that they didn't get a woman woman to go on there. You could say that, but you could also say, hey, you know, I I think that they probably asked a bunch of women, and you know, they just weren't interested. And you know, you kind of have to give. Sometimes you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, and I know there was a lot of, a lot of strife and a lot of like really bad feelings about, about that. Um, you know, on the, 
the plates yeah. of some of the creators. And I just think that it was so sad, so sad over, over just drama, you know, just in like, their, you know, yeah. In their defense too, they had asked several women and yeah, I know was already going to join, but she hadn't officially signed on yet. But because when you're having a group of friends together and you're excited to put out content, you just want to jump the gun and put out the content. So they started doing it to build it up before Crystal officially signed on. And right. Then, so it looked like, you know, Crystal signed on afterwards because of the outrage. But, you know, that was kind of always just- my, like, I, ne- I never thought any of it came from a point of malice. I think it was just one of those things that's like, all right, here's everyone that's confirmed to do the thing. Let's just announce the thing. And, yeah, totally. you know, we'll get the other people later. And it's like, that was, I think, the problem, like, with it was more just, like, people didn't feel included. And what the the huge blowback seemed to be was that when Lauren Gray, who hosts the Backbox Pinball podcast, like, had posted something saying, like, this, like, as a person who is, like, not, In like, it. yeah, but, well, as a person who is a woman and a person of color, like, it, it sucks that I am in no way feeling represented in this. And then people lost their minds. Like, people were just basically telling her to go, whatever, go fuck herself. Like, it was just rude. And it was just, like, people are allowed to want to be included. And that's, like, you're not allowed to get mad for people being like, hey, what about me? Yeah, I loved her honesty, and I think she brought a really good perspective and stuff to it. Yeah. I felt like people needed to hear that as well, you know, on all sides. But I think that the trolls took it a bit farther and, you know, attacked people's families like poor Greg Bone and, you know, stuff like that. They just felt like, I don't even want to make content anymore. And, like, I love Greg Bone's pinball content, and now he's, like, gone. And, you know, several other people, too, like Fowler and... You know, they got turned off by the trolls of the pinball community. And it's sad because they were making really awesome and entertaining content. For well, sure. Yeah, because like at its heart, it's a good conversation to have. It's just not a good like yelling match to have. It's not a good. Absolutely. It's never know, good to be a yelling match you know. in my opinion. Unless the person is obviously malicious with their lack of inclusion or actions or something. In the, in, in the case of TPN, it was obviously not malicious. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think I think level heads, level heads out there, mm-hmm. you know, just just uh, I sometimes I think taking a few minutes to really think about things before you say them is such a wise choice in life. It's yeah. it's you know it's all about how you say it. It's all about how it's presented. Um, so I think that that the whole situation was was really really unfortunate. Um, just, you know, guys trying to put some good stuff out there and, you know, it, it was just unfortunate on all sides, I think. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing as going back to like, well, like if just, just like before you say something, you'll probably like, before you go off, maybe just like run it by even yourself. Like sometimes if you, like, I have definitely like said things like I, you know, I am, I am that like tea spilling, dramatic, like political left wing, (laughs) like, you know, loony. And I get like, I am not scared to be called things by people on the internet because I've been called worse. Like it's fine. And sometimes I'll like, 
Like it's it's like when people are like, oh well, I hope you get coronavirus when they disagree with someone about it, and I'm like, why would you say that? (laughs) Because now that person, like, like it's just this kind of thing. Like, just think about what you say because, like, are you going to feel bad about it later? Then maybe don't say it now. Exactly. What do I know? (laughs) What do we know? We're just more people on the internet. I know it's true. It's totally true. Well, that's good. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you guys to talk tonight is just because you know when people aren't all emotional and kind of at a 10, let's talk when, you know, we just have a normal calm conversation and, and talk about some things, you know? I don't know. Just be excellent to each other. Right. Isn't that like, can everyone just agree to be excellent to each other? Just spread some pinball love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spreading pinball love. And just treating people like, you know, <laughs> friendly is, you know, it doesn't really get better than that. Does it? No, it doesn't. I also think that everyone, it's like, like, uh, I think everyone should work in the service industry for six months so that they have an appreciation oh, yes. for the people who make and deliver your food and stuff like that. But I think that everyone should host a pinball event. Everyone should TD a pinball event because you, yes. if you ever TD an event with like even five people, you will never yell at a tournament director for making a ruling again. Like you just won't. <laughs> Kate, I'm never, ever hosting a pinball tournament, ever. (laughs) I just want to put it out there so that we can, like, move past it. No, I just can't do it. But I have mad respect for the people who do. So don't think that that is, is, like, escaping me. You can make any ruling you want when (laughs) I am concerned. You can be a pinball designer. (laughs) I Maybe. Maybe. I don't have the skills to do that, though. So, okay. So since we're we're roundtabling... We know, like, Stern and Jersey Jack and everyone would hire a female designer or lead artist or programmer if they came along. But do you think that they could do, like, some sort of campaigning for one? Uh, For example, in the indie film community and industry, Several years ago, there was the same thing. We wanted more women in lead roles in filmmaking, more women directors, more women producers, and you know, lead editors. And so a lot of companies would actually, I mean, I guess it's like what you were saying, Sarah, kind of reverse uh, yeah. whatever sexism, because I would get hired to be a camera operator solely because I was a woman, which I thought was kind of weird and, but also hilarious. And, but it's also money in my pocket. So I was like, okay, cool. Empowerment. Yay. But so what if it's something like that, uh, where they're like the next designer we're hiring to make our next game is going to be a woman, a woman sign up now, put in your resumes do you think something like that would be good there is a game designer there so it would almost put them in a position to be like now we can't hire other game designers right yeah but like you know if they like if they teamed up with like any sort of thing that make like encourages girls to code or get into engineering like you know they're in chicago there are a ton of really good schools in the Chicago area. Mm, Making like a college course. You have a tech program, like 
we want to hire a woman graduate from your tech program Ooh, and yeah. have her do an internship. Like, you know, this is all conjecture. I have no idea if it's possible, but like there, those are things they could do. Like I've, I know that like, I have the ear of a lot of people there and like until all of this happened, like I was talking to John Biscalia about maybe starting like a stern pro circuit, but a women's circuit. And that'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be lit. Um, you know, not going to start this year, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, like, you know, stuff like that. I think that they, they want, it's there. The, 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 the want for it from them is there. I think that they're just trying to figure out the execution. I love the internship program idea. I think that could be something that they could tap into, you know, have mentorships and internships at their site where, and yeah, then I mean, just and kind of push that, for that, we want women designers, women storytellers. and Yeah, I mean, and that wouldn't cost them any money either, you know, which is, is another thing. Right. I, think, I think they could also do something really cool with the art piece um, because there are so many incredible women artists out there. And I just think that it's oh, such a niche, yeah. like a niche hobby that, you know, it's, it's hard to break into being a pinball artist. But maybe if they... You know, and this could be for men and for women, um, but some kind of, you know, like even like an art contest, like this is the theme, show me what you can do, send us your ideas and, you know, have helped a new artist break into this industry in a new way, Um, you know, by, by saying, okay, like we are going to put this out there for anyone who wants to try, um, but you know, we're looking for somebody new, somebody completely different and somebody who, you know, hasn't done this before to have the chance to do it. Um, you know, I think that could be something that could be, that really, be really cool, cool. as well. Yeah. That's, cool. then it's, That's great it's, marketing. Yeah. I don't know how right. the exactly. other companies, but I know at Stern that the game designer chooses the artist. And so like Keith's next, like, two or three games I think are like him and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. Can you <gasps> don't say you anything nothing. like you that? Said nothing. Him, and, said nothing. him and somebody else. We won't him and, yeah this. he's working with the same artist for his next two <laughs> games. But I mean you're, even you're so like say we <laughs> uh, heard nothing. Yeah ooh, we heard nothing. Was, no. Like <laughs> but the same thing like like so they get to choose their artists for the theme but then also the licensor gets to tell them what the art can be. But like I personally have been talked to have like they've reached out being like would you like to design some merch for us so that we would have like artwork because i'm kind of like a merch queen um although my bar t-shirt designs are literally just stolen beer logos but we sell them at the beer so they don't sue us it's good uh but um yeah like i think like like again like i think they just need to be guided like they, yeah. they're just like we want women here but we don't know what to do and it's just like just make sure yeah. you don't say secretary and you'll be fine like it's always but, it's always easier said than done right like it's always it's always like we have these great ideas but in execution like they don't quite work out so easily um but you know like even if like and it's tough too because you can't fault these companies for having amazing relationships with people who have done amazing work for them you know i mean yeah. like you know, Franchi and Zombie Yeti, it's, it's like these people are amazing, amazing artists who do amazing work for these companies. And there's absolutely nothing that, 
you know, is against them. So I, I get it. I get why they continue to do work with the people who have done amazing things for them in the past. Like I would do that too. It seems um, like the pinball community really hires from within and you get great things out of that. Like Tim Sexton doing rules because like black Knight, not the greatest play field in the world, but the rules are great. Like Tim did a fantastic job. And like the same with like, oh, yeah. you know, Keith is a very well-known pinball player. He got like game design like that they hired with him. Like I know a few years ago they had talked to Kaylee George. Like I think that's the one thing is like they grow within the community. And so like now that women kind of have a platform to be like, Hey, we're here. We matter. There are like, we like women are buying games, like maybe not as many as like, not women, but like we're here. Listen to us. Right. Like, they're trying. And it's just like, baby steps, but we're going to get them there. We're going to do it. I think we're heading in the right direction for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's conversations like this one that, you know, show all of us that there is, you know, there, there already has been so much change in pinball for women. And I think that it's, you know, it's heading in the right direction and like anything else, it it's a slow process because of, you know, hiring from within and, you know, it's, it's just, we need to continue down the path of, of all of the amazing bells and chimes leagues and all of the amazing women in pinball and keep highlighting them. And I think that eventually all of it's going to, you know, come full circle and more women designers and coders will be in pinball, um, just naturally, but it is, it's hard to get, it's hard to be patient and not get, you know, we want it now. Yeah. Cause that's easy to do. Because we do want it now. But, we do. We want know, it Delayed yesterday. gratification is what a thing that we as adults have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, well said though, Sarah. Does anyone else have any anything quick to add here at the end? We'll probably wrap up here. I think More dogs in pinball. That's yeah. Dogs in pinball. All right. Uh, pinball that dog movement. category on the Twippies. Um, Best Jeff, pinball pet. Jeff was going to uh, add me into the uh what is it called the the organization where they uh, decide all the yeah the committee the twippy committee he was gonna invite me into the twippy committee and then i said that that would be my one ruling was <laughs> to have a pinball dogs category and then he stopped talking to me so <laughs> <laughs> when when you did the podcast where you said that uh like three different friends were like you need to know that Emoto said that she would add a, like a best <laughs> pinball dog category and that she said it would be close, but Linus would win. And I was like, yes. <laughs> oh. I mean, now Linus has to win. He was a Jurassic Park pinball machine. So <laughs> he has I a mean. Bad Cats costume as well that he hates just as oh. well. They're both on top of my... <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> if I pick them up, he goes into the other room. That's... The best thing in pinball right there. <laughs> I love Linus's face. He looks 200% done half the time. Uh-huh. He's, he dragged his dog bed across the living room, put it in front of the couch, and the entire time we've been talking has, like, just been sitting there. Aww. Aww. Hey. He brought it there? Yeah. <gasps> it's time for bed is what he's saying. Oh, my God. He's a, he's a little That's weirdo. Amazing. I'm his entire world. It's pretty great. He's so obsessed with me. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, great chat. Yes. Thank you <laughs> so much, Dakota Mike. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I just want to, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up. And yeah, I want to thank each of you so much for talking to me tonight. It's been really interesting. I've really enjoyed hearing what you guys think and have to say about it. And I'm, I'm really excited for it to come out. And I can't wait for other people to hear it. I think it's, I'm, it's, it's gone really well. And I'm super pumped that we were able to do this tonight. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. And I apologize in advance for all the editing you'll probably have to do. No, you can't edit any of this out. It was perfect. <laughs> Except... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I like literally the first thing I said was like, I was like, I, I told Mike when I first signed on, like, I'm, I got like really accidentally drunk at work yesterday because we were doing like a bunch <laughs> of inventory and stuff. And I'm very hungover and I'm getting old. So my hangovers are like not recoverable. And the first thing I said, texted Pete was like, ugh, my introduction is so lame. I should have thought this through. And he was like, you've been on like 15 podcasts. You're just hungover. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's good <laughs> I'm just rambling <laughs> and, uh, you've all done a great job um, yeah I hope everyone has a good night and stay safe out there okay yeah, you thank you, you so too. much bye guys yeah. uh, bye see y'all on the flip side <laughs>